Welcome to Right Sides Only. Episode 3 of all things. I think no one gave us a chance to even pass the first episode, and here we are in episode 3. That's pretty ridiculous. That's about as high as you can count. I don't know what you're going to do next One, two, that's that's literally as far as I can go. I figured it might be. Yeah, so who has the time to count past three? Well, apparently you do because you're wasting your time listening to this podcast. See, The worst one. Unfortunately, we come to this um, recording. There's no big races or any controversy that happened. Nothing happened over the weekend, so, so we're struggling to talk about it. things. Yeah, um, I did rewatch the 2019 uh, Indy 500 while I was waiting for you to come over today. Yeah. Um. So we can talk about that, or we can talk about the F1 championship race. Oh yeah, the one that everyone. Yeah, I don't think anyone about. cared. I don't think anyone actually <laughs> watched it. Uh, Shoot, the joke that is that sketchy. it's all anyone's been talking about for the past couple days. So, super cool. And kind of a trend for NASCAR Twitter is NASCAR Twitter last year, barely anybody was mentioning F1. This year, everybody's talking about F1. So I got into it last year, and there was a couple of the guys that I would watch. I know Black Flags Matter, he talked about it several times. You know, now everybody's on it, so that's kind of cool. But what we want to talk about is the finale. And holy cow, it delivered. Now, whether or not you agree with what happened, it delivered an entertaining race that will be talked about for years to come. Did you get to watch the race? I watched the like last 12 laps of it. I got to see the exciting part because this just happened to be when I woke up. So I, I'm curious going into this. Four laps to go. You have the wreck. Was it Latifi? Yeah, it was. that was Latifi. Yep, he, he wrecked in for 14. And you have the safety car come out. Obviously, that had to be done. There's debris everywhere. Uh, Toto Wolf actually was on the phone to Michael Massey asking him not to deploy the safety car because mm-hmm. if he knew he did, it would bring Verstappen right behind him. So he was trying to convince him not to put out the safety car. And I think it's funny because once <laughs> I, I've listened to um, Hamilton's radio during that time, like a few yeah. few times over, and um, he's talking about how there's too much debris they can't throw the green again Yeah, while they were going through it, which obviously he's trying to protect his interest. I get it. Yeah, so... So this is the thing I want to ask you about, and I think it's the thing everyone's asking about. So double yellow comes out, four to go, coming to three to go. They clean up the track. They say they're not going to allow lap cars to overtake. Then they turn around and only allow the four that's in between first and second to overtake. From a NASCAR point of view, I go, the race director made a decision, and it's what he says goes. Yeah, I'm in the exact same camp. So. From Okay, so you, you kind of agree with my stance on that. How, what do you think about that finish and how so they did that? So, for me, I the last thing that F1 or NASCAR or anybody would want to do is to have the biggest race of the year on the final lap get decided under... What is essentially a caution. You know, if if Kyle Larson crossed the line to win the NASCAR championship behind the pace car, that would not feel nearly as good as him, you know, speeding through and winning. My question is, how radical of a movement would it be for F1 to put in a green-white checker, to say? I, I think that you would have a lot of resistance to it, just because that's not how it's been done. Yeah. In situations like that, it would have saved everybody's butt. Yeah, because here's my thing. I don't like that much control going to the stewards because if you put a green-white checkered, 
they kind of have to go with whatever happens on track. They could call a penalty if they want to on somebody, but something has to happen for them to pull that trigger. If you just say, all right, guess we have to end it under yellow, you have to keep that call consistently, even if there's doubts about the running order or anything like that. So I feel, I honestly feel like the green-white checker needs to be kind of universal. I've also, I, then again, I also agree with the fact that I don't think yellow flags should count in any form of motorsport. That is something that purists will shoot me for. But I, I feel like, kind of like the way short tracks do it, if it's yellow, the lap don't count because you're not racing. Yeah, so the the big thing about that is it's usually about mileage. It's just first to complete this amount of laps is whatever. You're not competing for the yellow flag mileage. No, you're you're not. And so. I, I would I see both sides of the the caution laps don't count argument. For some races, it's like man, I wish they didn't count caution flag laps because it would make the race so much better. Some races where you have cautions every five seconds, it's like if they did not count those laps, we would be here for and six that's fair. hours. That's fair, but I feel like they should. In making those rules go into it knowing, okay, let's say NASCAR. We're going to Martinsville. 500 laps might not be a good call. <laughs> Maybe go to 400, you know? If you go Kansas, for some reason Kansas is just a demolition derby of a mile and a half. You should go in there knowing that and maybe instead of making it a 400-mile race, do a 350. So the big moment to me in that race, the end I'm going to give up to people were citing the rules about like you have to let you don't well there's also a rule in there that says the race director can do whatever he wants to yeah that it's literally he is the supreme overlord of that race if he said you know what top 10 you're all disqualified for no reason theoretically he could do that that stands you could you can protest it and be angry and everybody be like yeah that was awful but you could technically do that but i um, do feel like okay if you wanted to look at this from a pure purest standpoint to the craziest degree a safety car would never exist everyone would just hit the virtual safety car and roll around at 60 miles an hour or whatever for the entirety of the time needed to clean it up that way whoever has in this case it would be hamilton i think he had like a 12 second lead or something like that Mm -hmm. he would not lose that lead because of someone else's wreck when you look at this finish you can go from a what's kind of been normalized in American motorsports where we get used to, well, if there's a wreck, you got to bunch up and try it again. You're right there. But if you look at it from a purest to the craziest degree, technically they would call any bunching of the field um, manipulation of the race. Yeah. So, so what they could have done in this situation that a lot of people wished is they could have thrown a red flag. And that would have been smart. I mean, they could have done that. I don't think you want to throw a red flag just because it takes it takes a lot of time. What's crazy I think about it the pit been stop, the right call. I think it probably would have been the better call. But he what's just crazy took too about, long to decide. So when he even that was an option, it was like two laps to go or one lap to go. Yeah. What? So two, I guess. What a lot of people will argue is that Max Verstappen pitted under the safety car. He got brand new red wall tires, the soft compound. He had a pace advantage over Lewis Hamilton, who was on like forty lap old hards. Okay, so what they don't tell you, and a lot of people seem to forget in this, is that Lewis Hamilton could have pit right then and there and got new tires. They actively chose, Mercedes actively chose to leave him out there on 40 lap tires knowing that a restart could happen. But And then you see what happened. Now, you you can argue about the other stuff, but that's the main thing. If he would have went in, I think at this point they don't think a restart's happening. 
Uh, I I think they do because Lewis Hamilton was on the radio yelling at them for not bringing him in. I think obviously the driver wants new tires anytime he can get new tires. Yeah. That's just the way the drivers are. I think that the engineers, rightfully so, did not think that they were going to go back green because if you read the rule book and you leave out the race director can do what he wants, you clean up the crap, you let all the lap cars go, and then the next lap you go green. Yeah, well that's usually and when how you're it, that's coming back it goes. to three to go. They're like. They have to protect that first place. Yeah. If he go, does go into pit road, you know what uh, Verstappen probably don't do? He probably doesn't pit and takes P1. But then if it does restart, and then you have fresh tires. So I think uh, it was that, the whole thing was a, a massive gamble. willing to take the whole thing was a gamble. the world championship is on. Well, Red Bull always have the advantage, and they did. And this has happened to – and Lewis has come out on top multiple times, especially in 2018. The second car – Always have an advantage. Yeah, because they you just do, do the whatever you the just do the do. opposite of whatever whoever's in front of you does. I think it's it's happened in Austria. It's happened to Max Verstappen several times, where he's been in the lead and then Lewis is pulled because Mercedes' strategy has been out unreal the last couple of years. This year, it's kind of failed, and Red Bull's got the the jump on them. Yeah, but they would pit at random times it seemed like to get a new set of tires, and they would have just enough laps to run the field all the way back and take P one. It's a risk that you had to take, and always the second car is going to have a major advantage. Here's one thing that I want to bring up to you, because you said you did not see the beginning of the race. Yes, so this, I, I didn't. I missed the part that I've heard everyone talking about. So this is track. the part to me. I think I agree with Michael Massey in a lot of things. On he's a very let him race guy. Brazil, you could have been throwing penalties left and right for both drivers. And Massey is the race director, correct? Yes, he is That's the he is the race director. Is is it's a very almost NASCAR esque let him race. Yeah, this is a moment where something should have been said or done. Probably leading up to this, Lewis is on medium tires. Max is on softs. Lewis gets a much better jump off the line because the Red Bulls kind of slow off the line. Uh-huh. Lewis takes P one. This is going. This isn't going into turn one. I think this is turn three or four. Yeah. Um. It's after the long the long jump. So yeah. If we go through this, uh, this footage is actually from Ereva, the, probably the best F1 game YouTuber on the planet. Yeah. So watch this. Okay, so my, Max dives on Lewis. He has made the corner, especially right here. Boom. All four tires are in the track, all right? he is. That is technically a clean maneuver. He has not done anything illegal. Lewis comes out and steps behind him and then just leaves. Oh, that is egregious. <laughs> and guess what? He did not have to give any of that back or the spot. So when you're going into the corner right here, Max is ahead. Technically, the lead of this race at this moment belongs to Max Verstappen. Boom, Lewis goes off track, gone. I don't know how I feel about that move. <laughs> he that's the that's the advantage that he got. Max went into this corner leading and Lewis is now 2 seconds up the road. So, here's what I think, and you can kind of give your two cents. I think that was a dive bomb, bro, for Stappen. It is, was, a, it is a dive bomb, yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. I do think that Hamilton cutting through, he could have let that off because of how aggressive that was, but I don't believe he should have had that much of an advantage. Look so, at that. question, is there is there a thing, I don't know, I know you used to have iRacing a little bit, I don't know how long you had it for. But have you seen where when you cut the track it says give up point three seconds within the next? Yeah, you're supposed to. They they do that do in F one game in too. F1? Yeah, it's you need to. It's either it's usually you have to hand the place back. So what a lot of well, people yeah, are saying I, at this I, point, I would argue that the place back is a little too 
much. Because while if you want to get technical, that might be his turn, he runs him off the track completely. You know what happened last week? He does not give him room to be on the other side. That happened last week. Max went off the track and got an advantage, and they forced him to give that back. This was this week. Lewis went off the track, and they did not force him to give that back. Okay, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. So, Jetta, Max got run off the road, and he had to cut the corner on a much smaller corner. This was literally like a a quick corner, and he was forced to give that spot back. Had to give it back. Yeah, it's considered gaining a lasting advantage. And then Lewis doesn't. So, like I talk about a lot of times, what goes around comes around in motorsports. Lewis got away with one there. Currently, he's due to get one back. Also, this was hilarious. That's a picture of the stewards that decided not to make uh, Lewis give that back. Uh, it's a royal family is the oh. joke. But that was just pretty nuts. I also like this tweet by Raw Gator. This would not be a penalty in F1. And it's just this dude <laughs> flying. Well, that's a Chase Briscoe at an Indy road course. Yeah. Is that not hilarious? That is That I is love so that. good. It was cool. You can say whatever you want about the end. I think everybody, depending on who you take, who you take sides with, is going to think about that race differently. And what you think. So Max fans, the greatest call in the world. Lewis fans, devastated. I want to talk about this for a second because I think that this goes a lot in motorsports and sports in general. I don't think anyone other than Lewis fans were rooting for Lewis to win that championship. All of the neutral fans between them, everybody's rooting for Max because Lewis has won five straight. Okay, you think about Jimmy Johnson. Four straight. Yeah, that's, that's my Johnson, point, is Jimmy Johnson. When Jimmy Johnson won his five straight in the Cup Series, I, I know obviously my opinion doesn't speak for everybody's, but as a kid that watched NASCAR, I hated Jimmy Johnson, and he's actually a stand-up guy. Yeah, I had no reason to yeah, hate it's him the other same than concept. he spoiled the show and won every single thing. And I think it's the same idea here, is that you will have the people that are fans of him, but everyone else is ready for somebody else to win. Especially with someone... Correct me if I'm wrong. It's popular as Max Verstappen. Yeah, he won the most popular driver. That makes sense. Super Max. I mean, that 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 is an interesting thing where we look back and once the career's over, we're like, whoa, that dude was awesome. I respect him so much. But we're the ones booing him when yeah. he's doing these achievements. I was really warming up to Lewis Hamilton because I didn't like it. was like, oh, he wins everything. And I was starting to really warm up and see the greatness in his drive. I have a Lewis Hamilton t-shirt in my closet. Where my opinion changed on Lewis Hamilton was Silverstone. When he took out, when, when the that him and was, Max incident that took. Was messed up. More about his kind of behavior afterwards. But a lot of people, he has lost. I have never seen someone go from hero to villain so fast. The Max well, incident. I mean, he's seen the, he's in motorsports, seven is the magic number. Yeah. You don't go the, above seven championships. The seven steps. depression is still on. And lost it. Because... Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a big F1 fan. I wasn't watching a lot. But he was in the lead at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Lost at the to beginning. Yep. And he tried to make a comeback, just couldn't make it. I imagine he had this picture of being able to be the one to get eight championships. Yeah. Obviously, I know they don't, probably don't think about American motorsports at all, but in almost all of professional motorsports, and then he saw that slip through his fingers and he got the way he was. Uh, the magic number has always been seven. In NASCAR, you have, of course, the three sevens. We have Jimmy, Dale, and Richard. In F1, you have the two sevens. You have Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton. I've dubbed it the seven depression just because you you just can't. It's just the magic number. Yeah. That's the, the title. Now, a lot of times in American motorsports, uh, seven has been obliterated. Um, John Force and a lot of uh, drag racing guys yeah. They blew by seven. I um, mean, when you don't have to turn. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a little different when you all you do is press a gas pedal, which is clearly not it. Please not true. <laughs> all you do is press a gas pedal. Yeah, so the seven depression, big deal. Nobody can win more than seven. Lewis tried. Lewis did not. It's kind of cursed, I guess. But also, I think that this event, as a NASCAR fan, made NASCAR look so bad. Why is that? I think F1 and the more I the more I've learned and done stuff about F1, the more NASCAR has room to improve. F1 has taken the beautiful route of being media first. So like their media presence, everything they do is media first because that's where the fans are. Yeah. That's where that's where the advertising is now is social media. So I put this together earlier. I know Kenny Wallace and some other people were talking about how Kyle Larson went to Disneyland and no one recognized him in his home state of California. No one recognized yeah. him. And my kind of immediate thought to that was, well, no one no one knows who he is. No one knows who Kyle Larson is. I think a part of that in motorsports is that when you see them, most of the time they're wearing a helmet. You know, I know what Kyle Larson looks like because I'm an avid NASCAR guy. If well, I just watched one race, I would probably not know what Kyle Larson looks like. That's, that's fair, fair enough. But I did some social media digging this morning to show a little bit about the disparity how media first shows results. The official numbers here, these are all from Instagram. So, of course, there are underlying factors to all of this. So don't take everything I'm saying as concrete fact. Just something to think about. Yeah. NASCAR on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> Twitter. Instagram that I literally just said five seconds ago and already forgot. NASCAR has 1.5 million followers. You know, that's, that's, quite, a, that's quite a few people. Yeah. Chase Elliott, sports most popular driver. Uh, 437,000 followers. Uh, Ryan Blaney wow. has 216,000 followers. Kyle Larson has 274,000 followers. Bubba Wallace has 466,000. So he's he's technically has more followers than Chase Elliott. We go to F1. F1 has 16.5 million followers. The Paddock Club, which is a thing I follow, that just posts pictures. There's a thing called the Paddock Club. People can go in there. It's like very expensive. Um, they have 466,000 followers. This is a event at a racetrack that has more uh, followers than our sports most popular driver. Verstappen, 7.5 million followers. Mick Schumacher has 2.2 million followers, which I thought was funny when he was at the NASCAR race. And NASCAR was like, hey, Mick Schumacher. And technically, he has more followers than your entire race series does. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton, because of mostly his other adventures, has 26 million followers. Lance Stroll, Sir Lance Lott, 662,000 followers. And then looking at some well, other leagues. And you also you have to think of it this way, too. One, F1 is and internationally marketed. Sport. I have a counterpoint to that. Another point, F1 has 20 competitors. NASCAR is 40. While I know you could argue that most of the attention goes to the top 15 and they should at least have a lot of followers, it's still the idea that there is 40 cars out there. So you have about 33 consistent drivers versus 20. And you have, I don't know if you know F1's TV ratings at all, in all reality, you have about three million, three and a half million people watching the Cup Series on a weekly basis, give or take, depending on the track and the week. Texas is always going to get under that because Texas is a piece of garbage that should probably be turned into a uh, garbage facility. While I do agree that they do marketing better, they do media better, I think that it is, I don't want to say an unfair comparison, hard comparison to make because of the different levels of where the sport is. NASCAR is under F1. That's why I wish that they would just get off their high horse and do a doubleheader and NASCAR Saturday 
F1 Sunday. That would be so cool. Just imagine Do it this. at Miami. Oh, that'd Imagine be awesome. this. Thursday, Truck Series F2. Friday, Xfinity Series. Saturday, Cup Series. Sunday, F1. You can do it Thursday, Thursday trucks, F3, Saturday. Um, okay, so F3 does yeah. follow the circuit? It, some some races. The F2 is not glued to um, F1, so oh, there's a lot not? of races okay. where they don't travel together. Okay, see, um, that that's so. where I didn't know. Yeah. Um, that would be super cool. So you're talking about the numbers. The 2021 Formula 1 season was the most watched ever in the United States. They averaged about 934,000 viewers. Yeah. On ESPN. Usually early in the morning. That's up 54% from last year. 54% in a year is ridiculous. It's a lot. And to give you some ideas about some other countries, the first one I see right here, which is pretty cool, in the UK, because everybody thought Lewis was going to get his eighth title, they made a deal where it was shown on public TV. You didn't have to pay to watch F1. It had 7.4 million in just the UK. That's the point that I'm... Yeah, a lot of lot of people watching that. Yeah, so that's my point. But then you're also it's kind of a counterpoint, but also not exactly. You said it's international, whereas yeah. whereas NASCAR is mostly an American thing. So here's some other purely American sports leagues, except for one or two exceptions: the NFL, America, 22 million followers. That's 20 times more than NASCAR. Yeah, NBA has 61 million. Yeah. Of those players, Steph Curry has 38 million, LeBron has 104 million, and a fun fact I figured out while watching this, JoJo Siwa, that girl on YouTube, um, she has 11.3 million followers. Okay, but here's the thing, you're still talking about sports that are radically more popular than NASCAR. Why? Because that's the stick and ball sports that everyone can get into. NASCAR you just like watching been... things with balls in it, don't you? No, I actually don't watch any sports. You don't like balls? No. Oh, man, I love me some balls. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but no, those are the stick and ball sports that everyone loves and everyone can play in their backyard or right down the street at the basketball court. With NASCAR, it's always been at a slight disadvantage because you can't do that. Yeah, I will, I will give you that point. And that is a big part in America's society. Is like you want to go do what these people are doing. NASCAR, you can't do that. NBA, you can. You can go down the street and play basketball with the people in your neighborhood. Football, you can do the same thing at school or whatever until the teachers yell at you to stop tackling each other. Listen, it was one time in the hallway, Miss Fields. I don't understand your problem. <laughs> just because he split his head open don't mean we got to stop. Just because Timmy died doesn't mean we need to stop playing football. So I would argue that while they could do better with media, I don't think that it's as drastic of a change between these stuff as you're thinking it is just because of the mass difference of sample size i want to see nascar do better with the media i want them to see i want them to take more chances on i i know they're talking about um i think they've already recorded it. it's just a matter of getting it out there the uh netflix series that's kind of like drive to survive following bubba wallace in the i think they playoffs. i think they uh started that on ESPN last night or something. Did they? There was I think it was might have been the E60 for Bubba Wallace. Well, you know what kind of upsets me a little bit? What would that be? I'm all over NASCAR news. I didn't know about it. Oh yeah, I didn't know about it till like 2 days ago. What the heck? My point. I know, and it's, that's it's, what it's, I'm it's, saying. I'm if not they, saying like major overarching change. I'm just saying that NASCAR could work on the little things. Yeah. Cuz the little things make a big difference. Yeah. It's little things like having a quality video game. I've watched F1 
not as long as a lot of people, but a major thing that got me into F1 was playing the F1 game. Yeah. And that's and there's so many stories like that of people trying out the F1 game and loving it and getting into the sport. If you tried out NASCAR, I mean NASCAR Ignition right now, you would not get into NASCAR. Yeah. That's just I mean I'm just I'm sorry no, that, motorsport games, but you have a terrible product. That's a major bridge for bringing in new fans. Is the extracurriculars, the little stuff, the yeah. social media posts, like even the small things I talked about. I was sending when the Austrian GP was happening, when F1 came to the states, which was a massive success for them, by the way. Everybody had cool custom helmets, and all I did for that whole week was just send you pictures of cool custom helmets because yeah. that got me excited. And NASCAR doesn't do it; they're just, "Hey, we're going to be here this weekend." Yeah, do something to get me excited. Well, I think also something that kind of hurts their ability to do that is how many races does F1 have? Well, it's kind of varied the last couple of years, but usually you have like 20 to 30, depending yeah. on depending on the year. Last year was very different with the shortened schedule because COVID. But so, you'll have, but there's not nearly as many races, which is another point. point. Here's my point. You have 23, 25 races in how many different countries? This year there was 22 races. 22 races. And how many countries? I think it, 19 I or 20. Exactly. Because like like Italy, you have multiple races. They had two yeah. Austrians. So here here's my point of view is that in NASCAR, you're marketing to people that there are races within three hours of them, maybe three times a year. For us, I know we have Martinsville that's three hours away. We have Bristol that's two hours away. We have Charlotte that's two hours away. That's two, four, that's six races within three hours of us. And we don't have to cross any international borders to get there. F1, how many American Grand Prix was there? Uno. You had to attract. If you wanted to go see an F1 race and you lived in the continental United States, you had to travel there for that one event. NASCAR, that's not the case. I would, I, actually, I think Darlington's within two to three hours of us. Yeah, I think it is. Which well. would mean that eight races are within three-hour drive. We can make it, especially if they open back up the rock and everything for races. We'll be set. Yeah, I mean, and I, that's obviously because we're in the prime market area. Kansas doesn't have a bunch of tracks within three hours. Auto Club doesn't have a bunch of tracks without, within three hours. That one NASCAR track in Alaska exists, but that's it up there. I think we should race there. Yeah. <laughs> and the pouring snow. Yes. I think that we have talked about F1 a lot longer than we planned on today. I think we need to become an F1-only podcast. Anyway. I don't um, agree. I would... It, I would be so dumb. Looking. Transitioning into other things. Wow, what a smooth transition. Today was another day of the NASCAR Next Gen Test. Ricky Spinhouse spun it. Ricky and, Spinhouse. Um, also, just a couple minutes ago, Tyler Reddick absolutely destroyed oh the barriers gosh. going into pit road. People say he's fine, which is great. Um, they, he's fine. they said he was fine, which is fantastic. And um, also, uh, breaking news, David Gilliland Racing has signed Haley Deegan to come back next year in a, in a surprising move to absolutely nobody. Yeah. Um, I, I thought honestly kind of thought it may have been confirmed already, but I wasn't I thought sure. it was too. I didn't know that it was a one-year deal. New tracks. Yes. We talked about them last week. We talked about all the new tracks except for Road America. Don't Please don't notice that we didn't talk about Road America. Wilson we talked about moved. all the tracks. I, say Wilson, I think you I'm had a couple more things that we wanted to talk other. about. For new tracks that are coming in next year, a quick throwing this in right now. Road America, good. Road America, good was race. Good. Okay, yes. moving on. I do like the tradition of it being on American weekend. That was a good. That was a good. It, people showed up. Yep. It was a good race. I've win. been wanting Absolute Road America win. to have a cup date for a while. 
Yes. I'm glad it finally I'm glad happened. it did, too. That was and a I'm, great I'm race. I'm very curious to see how the next-gen car does at road courses because I know it's supposed to be really good at them. I don't yeah. know what the next-gen is supposed to be good at. I don't know if it's good at anything. I, it's looking like it's going to be good at some stuff. We'll see. All especially right. especially if they're. it sounds like they're testing 670 horsepower. They're testing higher horsepower That's today. That's better yep. than 550. So Everything's better than 550. And Dear NASCAR, you, give and us if, more horsepower. And here's the thing. If you give them good tires, good year. if you have to lift at the beginning of the run, you're really going to have to lift at the end of a run. I'm hoping that Goodyear can uh, not suck and bring us good tires to do this. We're going into new tracks. Going back go, to Indy. Yes, technically. Indy. But um, I want to go through this lower series all the way up to the upper series to cup. So we'll start in the truck series. They are going to... Lucas Oil Raceway, otherwise known as IRP. They actually held races up until 2011 for the Truck Series, and I do believe what was at the time the Bush Series, Xfinity now. Actually, it may have been Xfinity in 2011, or not Xfinity, Nationwide. They also held the SRX Series last year. I think that this is going to be a good move. Anything that gets more short tracks on the track, on the schedule, is a good call. It'll be an interesting short track. Because they talked about how old the pavement was in 2011. And I don't know. I need, I, I meant to look this up and I forgot to. I don't know if it's been repaved. Because I would imagine if you lose dates from two of the top three series in the nation, you're probably not repaving after the fact. Or you repave in a desperate attempt of like, hey, come back. Yeah. Please come hey, back. Maybe they did. But if that's the case, then it, it's a very interesting track. It has almost no banking at the bottom, and it goes up to about 7 degrees at the top. So cars can spread around a little bit. You might actually see the top line be a good way to go on restarts. So that'll be a good move. Do you have any kind of comments on that track or know much about it? I don't it know it well enough to be able to tell you one way or the other. I watched um, the 2011. I watched some of that. I didn't watch the end of it. How far away is that from the nearest little metro there? Do you know? I'm not sure. Close enough that we didn't race there because of Indianapolis. Well, I just hope we have a race in Indianapolis where people actually show up. Yeah. Like I said, I watched the 2019 Indy 500 again. Like, and the 2021 Indy 500 is the same. Way. It was so cool to see people there. I'm I'm just mad that no one shows up for Indy anymore. Anyway. Yeah, it, it's sad. And I, I feel like they need to go back to the Oval. But I, I harped on that last week, so I won't I won't say nothing. I feel like that's going to be a good move for the truck series. I want that to move over to the Xfinity Cup Series. I hope that what they're doing is slowly getting some short tracks back in the mix by giving them truck dates because they don't necessarily have to be cup ready to have a truck date. So I'm hoping that they kind of transition all those into having cup dates down the road. Um, I think we need to get more figure eights on the calendar. I'm just letting the silence happen, but that was such a stupid call. I mean, that, Demolition that's Tony Stewart at Talladega vibes. Demolition Derbies. Well, I think we need to run the thing backwards. Half the field go forward, half the field go backwards. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know what the TV ratings would be for that race? They'd be <laughs> insane. And then <laughs> the title of the time slot would just be Watch People Die. A mass loss of life today at Talladega <laughs> Super Speedway. And that'd be before it happened. They just know. Anyway, You know it'd be Quinn Howe. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know it'd be Quinn Howe. The comedy show's over. <laughs> Rest in peace, Quinn Howe. <laughs> All right, so Xfinity Series. This is one I'm actually curious about. Portland International Raceway. 
It's cool in IndyCar. I have no idea about stock cars on it, though. I'm very curious. So it has a lot of long straightaways and then sharp turns. So That hairpin? I watched. That hairpin at the end is going to be brutal. I can't remember what exact year the race was, but I watched an ARCA race recently that was at Portland. Granted, this is ARCA. It was a wreck fest. It was a complete wreck fest. Oh, it was, looks like 2021. It was this year. I couldn't remember if this was this year, last year, or if it was just within the last few. Because I know, I think Oregon is pretty close to California with their COVID rules and all that stuff. I am excited, and I feel like it's going to be, without as many breaking zones as there is, I think that's going to be an awesome track to go to. Um, I feel like it's going to be a sleeper on the schedule that we don't expect to be great, but I feel like it's going to be. Dale Jr. is talking about on his podcast, The Download, how he wasn't thrilled for that track specifically, and I kind of hope that he gets has to put his foot in his mouth a little bit on that one. Yeah, it. I think it's a cool, it's a cool track. Love Dale, but <laughs> I don't know if I would want to race on that track forever, but I'd like to try it and see how it goes. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that's worth shot. I don't think the upper series has ever raced there if they have it hasn't been in recent history i'm not sure how old the track is it it seems like it'll be a good good track for us to try out well you never know how it's going to go until you actually try it so yeah i'm up for it hopefully it's it's cool uh watching the arca race highlights at the moment everybody's just running all over the place oh yeah it was hectic it was hectic but hey that's a nice thing about doing it if you go there and it's an absolute failure just don't go back yeah, it, which I don't. Ex- I honestly don't expect it to be bad. I think it's going to be a good race. Um, I'm truly excited for it. It's narrow at, during a lot of the track, so it gives. It's not really a street course vibe because there's not walls on both sides, but you don't have a lot of room to work with, and you have to fight for the room. Mm. And I feel like I want the truck series to race there a little bit. Yeah, because that would be. <laughs> that, would be, that would be pretty nuts, <laughs> but um, that, that would be the mass casualty event exactly, we were talking about. Exactly, but um, it was a very solid race. Um, granted, a wreck fest, but I think it'll be a good, good track for us to visit. Yeah, so let's take a look about how this kind of looks, because I think yeah, this is the same place. IndyCar races here a lot. No, they do not do the hairpin. I like racing Portland on uh, Forza. Yeah, and they do the hairpin. So as long as they don't do that hairpin, I think they'll be okay. But yeah. that hairpin is absolutely ridiculous. I think we should take Cup Cars to Long Beach. But have you have you seen that track? Yes, it is stupid. That one with the hairpin. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> one's nuts. They would need to fix that. But other than that, that's something I'd like to see down the road. Gonna move on to the Cup Series. We are gonna save the elephant in the room for the end of the list. But I want to talk about Atlanta. Repave. Repave. I'm scared. I am saddened. It had gotten to a point where it had to be repaved. We literally had to stop because the track was coming apart. I understand. But I've kind of lost hope in SMI repaving tracks because Kentucky is dead, Texas should be, and they put dirt on Bristol. Just how about leave the tracks how they are is the only thing. So here's the details of the repave. It was 55 feet wide in the past configuration. It's going to go down to 40 feet wide, so it is going to be a lot narrower. I think that is just to keep the infrastructure in the same place and allowing for the banking change. 
with the banking going from 24 to 28 degrees. I'm a little curious how that goes because I feel like that's an attempt to, uh, they've kind of talked about it in the past, trying to make it a super speedway-esque race because one of the big draws of Atlanta in the past has been that it wears on the tires, it's old pavement, and that's not the case anymore. You have to, you don't have to really lift as much anymore because it's not old pavement. A little nervous about that one, not gonna lie. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done as much in research on the effects of repaving as I should have. I just know that when they did it, people were not happy, and I think, especially with the drivers being not happy, and I think those are the guys that you should probably ask before you do anything. So here, here's what happens. Here's the reason why repaves are so notoriously bad. You go from a track that has all these characters from usage, and then you smooth everything out. Mm-hmm. So when you smooth everything out, well then, whatever that fast line is, whether it's the bottom or if it's got progressive banking up at the top, that line is the only line you can have all that speed on because everything has the same texture. Once parts of the tracks get wore out, then the other lanes are smoother and allows for more grip. So that means that you may not be traveling the fastest line, but you've got more grip, so you're able to carry more speed, if that makes sense. Yeah. They have You have to get it right when you repave, or it's it, it's going to lead to bad racing for a little while. Was it the Kentucky that got repaved, or was it... Who was it that got repaved that just really ruined it? Or was it Texas? Kentucky, Kentucky was bad. Texas ruined Texas, it. I know Texas really got bad. So when they repaved it in 2017, they thought they were making a good move, and I think they did the same thing Kentucky where they made turns one and two different from turns three and four. Turns one and two at Texas is wide, like it's really wide, but has very little banking. While turns three and four is the high banking Texas we all knew and loved from the early 2000s. Kentucky, I can't remember what they did. I think turn three and four was less banking. Um, Both times they tried that, the tracks are basically dead. I feel like... Didn't a lot of people really, really enjoy Texas until then? And now it's people don't want to go back. Exactly. And, and here's so the thing. Sad, they man. have poured so much money in that track that I bet they don't want to pour anymore. I bet they're kind of accepting that it's probably going to die. Because I mean, Good. I mean, you reap what you sow. I wonder if this is what happened. Texas dies. SMI sells the property as property. Buys Coda. Interesting. Uh, I don't... I, you this know what? Is How just about, random thoughts. You know what? Dylan, no, but. don't let them buy Coda. I don't want them to ruin Coda. I think Coda is a great course. It's no, perfect. Don't, don't touch Coda. Uh, that's the thing. It's already been paved. It's good. I don't. If it's grade A or grade one, whatever F one needs to race there, I don't think it needs to be touched for a while. I think it's fine. Now, when it does need a repave, rest in peace, Coda. I think it's fantastic. So, but Atlanta, nervous. I hope it goes well. Next is probably my favorite, and because I don't think there'll be much controversy with it, or. We don't have questions about it that much. It's Gateway. I like Gateway. I vote yes on Gateway. Gateway uh, is a fan favorite in the truck series. Very true. To save Bob Pockris some work, it does have lights most of the time. When they work. Yeah. This is the one I'm excited for. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it, and um, it gives a track to a market that's kind of been neglected since Chicagoland got kicked off the schedule, which... Bring Chicagoland back. Please. There were so many tracks you could have took off that were mile and a half. Good taking off. Atlanta's been struggling with attendance, and it hasn't been the best racing recently. Could have took off. You did take off Kentucky. 
You could have took off Texas. You could have took off all these other tracks, but you chose Chicago Land, and it makes me sad. But it's a good, good track. I'm excited to see what it turns into for the Cup Series. I think it's going to be a great, great racetrack and a great market to be in. And last one, the big papa of controversies when it comes to new tracks. Not controversial to me. I think it's going to be great. I think it is too. I re- if if it if it's bad, it's on NASCAR. Yeah. So, L.A. Coliseum, the Clash. I think the Clash is a perfect time to try this out. A great I have an first opinion. test for the next gen car. I have an opinion. Make it known. All right, I will. We want more short tracks, right? Yes. All the short tracks, I would say most of the short tracks in America cannot handle 40 pit boxes. I think heat races need to come back to NASCAR. I say come back. They need to come to NASCAR. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. I think it will be a hard change to make. Here's my thought process. You have a couple practice sessions because if you're going to eliminate some cars, they need to have every shot to make it. It needs to be their own fault they didn't make it. Have single car qualifying. Split them into two heat races. And let's say a track can only hold 30 pit boxes. 30 cars make the main show from those two heat races. Top 15 from each make it. If you want to make qualifying matter more, the top five single car qualifiers are locked in. I see nothing wrong with that. I don't know enough about the heat racing scene to be able to give you a, like a straight so, up on that. Yeah, so here's the interesting part. So you have the heat races, and you'll know what position they need to make it, right? Let's say 15th for a particular race. You know what that also does? It gives what? TV time to the lower teams who are fighting to even make the race. That's not bad. That's it's a Because you're watching that point. bubble, and all that TV time is going to make that sponsor value go up. Because how many times do you see Quinn House car on the t- Never mind, every week he uh, wrecks. Well, he wrecks quite often. So, how many times do you see Timmy Hill's car? Not often. Also, he doesn't wreck as much, so. Exactly. You mean, uh, what is it, Xfinity Series owner Timmy Hill? Yeah. The legend? Oh, yeah. The Intimidator. The Intimidator. So, I feel like that should be something that we should pursue not only in exhibition races, but I feel like. A season race at Bowman Gray. Well, Bowman Gray will be hard to do because the pits are on the outside. Go to New Smyrna. Go to, um, which I think they could actually handle it, but go to South Boston. Go to all these tracks. Integrate them to where the short track scene is normalized. And what you see on TV with NASCAR Cup Series is what you see on Friday night when super late models race there. Thoughts, concerns? No, I I don't have any major concerns with that other than the fact that it's just different and you have to get everybody on board with it. Yeah. The big thing about going to small tracks like that is just purely capacity. Where do you put the haulers? Where do you put the car? Where do you put the people? And that's what I'm saying. So you would, I feel like the way they would need to do this is, especially in the beginning, before all the money is funneled to the tracks from TV deal or whatever, feel like they would need help from local law enforcement, which sounds sketch, but I promise it isn't. But just Bring the SWAT team. You sell the tickets in advance. If the tracks don't have a good website, you sell them through NASCAR's website, Ticketmaster, whatever. Sell the tickets in advance. Know what you can hold. Plan for that parking. Put it out there that there is no coming to the track to buy tickets that night. Yeah. If a track can hold 5,000 fans, you sell those 5,000 tickets. One, that makes that ticket a hot commodity. That price will probably go up. And two, it gives money to tracks that may be struggling. Mm -hmm. 
Well, NASCAR is going to take a lot of that. Well, mm, Dover has actually announced because they were a public traded company before SMI bought it that I think it was like seventy percent of their income not, was TV bad. money. That's not that's ticket not sales bad. is icing on the cake. That's pretty good. Anyways, that's my two cents. I figured we should go to short tracks, normalize that scene, make ARCA late models. But my anyways. my big thing would just be have NASCAR inject more money into the short track scene. Yeah. Have like your NASCAR Roots series. Give them some sort of TV time. Have something on the website where you can yeah. just promote them more. Yeah. you know, Which I feel like the local short tracks may be a little harder to do. But I feel like maybe... I think the ARCA series is a little bit of a mess, and it would be a little bit less of a mess if you, instead of using eight to ten year old cup cars, use late models. That would be. I would. I think that's kind of cool. It'd be cup, Xfinity, truck, super lates. If you wanted to do regular late models and limited late models, or if you wanted to mix it up and do legends somewhere in there or something. Just bandoleros. Yeah, no, not bandoleros. Darn. But just normalize what you see on Friday night at Greenville Pickens, at Hickory, at Tri County, at all these stuff, all these tracks, because it's not normalized right now. When we started going to races, I had to get antiquated with what is at the track. There's three, five races. Yeah. What's that? A lot of stuff. What's this division? Yeah, who who are these people? Why what, is that what, car what's a bandolier car? What what's the a, heck is that? Yeah, what, and I, I like genuinely learning what the difference between a limited late model to a late model to super late, all that kind of stuff. If you need help with that, there's a great slap shoes video. Yeah, that's if you want to know the street, that's where I kind of it helped me. I kind of had the idea, but it helped me kind of nail down what it was. Mm-hmm. Just normalize that stuff, and it'll help everyone in the ecosystem. That's above my pay grade. I'm just sitting here with a mic. I'm 19, so I know nothing. Nobody's listening anyway. Exactly. So, so um, last thing we're going to do, because we are running on a long episode today. This will be Pat. Um, we're going to go to just run through quickly tracks that we expect to see in the next few years. We went through all the new tracks that are coming, unless we goofed like Road America, and um, just kind of run through the details of ones that we expect to see. Nashville Fairgrounds. It's, I mean, it's got to happen. They So we have commitment from the mayor, which granted means nothing. It means he wants to do it. It's public support. Yeah, it is public support, and he is going to help bring funding to the project. It also has to go through the Fairgrounds Commission Board, which has all the locals on there. Um, they've voiced some not support for it. Hey, so, do you want to have one night a year where it's kind of loud for a little bit and you make a ton of money off parking? No. I know, yeah, right. it's whatever. But it's even going to be less track time than what it is now. I wish they'd understand that. But anyways, and there'll be sound barriers that they're trying to build in. That's part of the – their SMI is taking on that cost. But they last raced there in 1984, um, SRX race there, and it was a really good show. That's where uh, Chase Elliott ended up winning. Um, I'm excited about it. This is something where I want to mention the SMI buyout of – Dover ownership group because they own Dover and they own Nashville Super Speedway. I hope that we don't lose Nashville Super Speedway. I could understand why they might do it. I'm mean, I'm in the same boat. I love Nashville Super Speedway. Yeah, talk about that. So. This this race here this year maybe it was a flunk, but I think it was awesome. I thought it was great. I think it also we appreciate it more because we don't see 
we don't see throttle time or lack thereof as a real thing in the Cup Series at most tracks because of the 550 package. Obviously, they ran 750 there, but um, it was a really good race. Um, here's the thing that really might hurt: Dover itself, the track. Alex Bowman winning. <laughs> Alex Bowman won. They're done. Yeah, I I don't know if they come back, and I hate to hear that. I mean, we saw this one. Obviously, it's Twitter. You can't trust Twitter. As but, proven by this week's <laughs> this weekend's F one commodities. Exactly. You cannot trust Twitter. We did see someone who claimed to be family with an employee of Dover and it sounded like they were not going to return after twenty twenty two. I think we read that tweet. Yeah, of course that's all hearsay. You can't yeah. prove that. But I can kind of see that being a possibility. So it's definitely something to keep in the, in the forefront of our minds. I pray that don't happen. Dover, while the racing has been kind of lackluster the last few years. I think that's been the uh, package's fault more than anything. It's a good track. It is a legend as far as its identity and its marketing with the monster. Miles the monster, the monster mile. Um, I would hate to see that track go. My favorite thing is out front where he's like holding the car. Yeah. Like that's such a cool thing to like take pictures with. You know, Bristol yeah. has the it's Bristol baby sign. They have the monster. Kansas probably has a massive ear of corn. I don't know. I've never been there. Daytona yeah. has a best pro shop. I mean, there's all sorts of fun stuff at the tracks. I hope that that doesn't happen. I kind of am seeing the writing on the wall that that's probably what's going to happen. Track's been open since like 55. It's been a staple in the sport forever. But it looks like it's going to be gone. Rip Dover. Rip Dover. All right. The last thing I want to talk about. Last, You said last thing like seven topics ago. Well, but it's it's just the last tracks. Is the North Carolina tracks. Let's go. North Carolina passed a bill, I think it's called like the American Rescue Plan or something like that, and it gives $18 million to the famed North Wilkesboro Speedway, $9 million to Rockingham, and then for some reason $9 million to Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yeah, because they need more money. Yeah. They could fix their parking situation a little bit better. Yeah. As someone that goes, their parking situation sometimes, a little yeah. rough, but, you know, it's whatever. So... North Wilkesboro obviously needs a lot of renovations. They left in 96 to uh, give Texas states. Boo. I know. At, like, in the, the Even the first races were a disaster. It took them years to get it right. But anyways, they left there in 96 to go, go to Texas, and they gave the second date to N New Hampshire to give them a second date because they really wanted to screw them over. But I guess they just didn't want to run the place. But it looks like they're finally putting the money in to come back there. I think we see at least SRX there by 2023. Hopefully Cup Series by 2025 is my goal. Or I say my goal, my hope. Um, Me as the leader of this project. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see what happens there. Rockingham, I'm actually very curious with something they did. They've actually announced exactly what that $9 million is going towards. I like the transparency on that. Yeah, I, I do. I really do. The uh, repave and lights. Ask Indy. Lights are important. I like that idea. I wonder if the infrastructure could use it more than lights. They're both equally important. So how do you? I don't. I couldn't pick one or the other. I mean, I, I just think of it. How many? Well, I say this because they didn't have lights. But how many North Carolina Speedway Rockingham made its identity as the second race of the year at daytime? It's not something it, we don't think of the Bristol night race. We don't think of the Rockingham night race. I feel like that's something that could have been added down the road. But at the same time, it'll be a cool addition. 
I'll be happy if they can update that in iRacing soon to race Rockingham at night. I'm curious to see how that goes. Also, one one last track that I feel like could make an addition in the next five years, Chicago Street Course. We've heard the buzz on that kind of die down the last little bit. That's the one I'm the most excited for out of all of them. I'm excited for a street course. I, f- I honestly think that, and I mentioned earlier, Long Beach. If you figure something out with that U-turn, yeah. <laughs> that that is that last turn, then NASCAR could do it. And I feel like it'd be fun. It it may be like a Monaco-esque situation where Go kart track. you can't do nothing with it. I think it'd be cool as like an exhibition or a one-off to try it. But like I said, the apparently the um, steering base, you can't steer as far as you could in the old cars and the new ones. That would especially be an issue. <laughs> that is the kind of outlook on tracks. Obviously, we could say Lucas Oil Speedway, Portland, any of the ones that are making um, comebacks or appearances in the lower series could make their way up to cup series that is gonna be our track talk for the day and i feel like that's probably gonna be our episode for the day i think that is i have one last thing that i'd like to throw in here that is not nascar related going back to f1 okay just for a just for a moment because i think this is super cool okay people were mad about the race and how it was going to kill f1 and nobody's gonna watch f1 anymore you tend to forget who the winner was I think it would have been very damaging if it was reversed and Max Verstappen was going to win, and then they gave it to seven-time Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. So the song Super Max by the Pit Stop Boys is like, it's like everybody uses it as like Max theme song. It's super catchy. It's probably going to be the intro song to this episode. It was trending at number five on Spotify, global. Yeah. It was number one in the Netherlands, number four in Italy, number two in the UK. Lewis Hamilton's home country was streaming. <laughs> Streaming the song of the dude that beat him. That's hilarious. And then not, it does stuff there. Belgium, number three. Austria, number four. Denmark, number two. Ireland, number two. Norway, four. Portugal, two. South Africa, three. Spain, two. Like Just every, everywhere. Everywhere. Everyone's listening to the Max song. Because I think for a lot of people, it was a landmark moment of the evil has been defeated. Yeah. The big bad wolf has been killed. <laughs> and everybody is so happy except for Lewis Hamilton we checked Twitter as we were doing the episode Lewis Hamilton fans still mad um, he did get knighted today congratulations on that very Yay. worthy of being knighted Sir Lewis Hamilton I think that they probably planned that so he would be knighted when he got his 8th and broke the record and then he didn't and now it's just kind of awkward now he did. well he still got knighted he was going to get yeah. knighted either way but yeah fun fact there uh, but I think that will do it that's all I've got that's all I got. I've talked my, I've talked everybody's ear off. You've talked a lot today. Yeah, well, I, I had that research on those tracks. I was excited about that. You've been listening to Right Sides Only, where if you ain't right, you get left. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Amen. <laughs>